You're listening to Snyder & Associates podcast series, the civil engineering planning and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve the quality of life within the communities we serve. This episode's host is Lindsay Beeman. Hey, so I'm Lindsay Beeman. I went a different route with the presentation this year. I'm taking us out of the state a little bit. Some disclaimer, I'm going to talk about some stuff that's outside of Iowa, so I am no means an expert. I have no experience with it. I did some online research. I went to some presentations, so I got some information straight from the sources, but basically I'm not a professional in these matters, so I apologize if I get anything incorrect. This last September, I was given the opportunity as a consultant to go to the Public Works Expo in San Diego, which is the American Public Works Association version of WEFTEC, so it's a big old trade show. The neat thing about these trade shows that are out of the state is you get an out-of-state perspective on the issues that are important to the people that are presenting there. So the water quality issues were very California-focused, so that's what I have to share with you today. And while I'm there, like any good nerd does on their vacation, you pay attention to the water, wastewater problems where you're vacationing because that's what everybody does. And Coronado Beach happens to be just outside of San Diego, across the San Diego Bay. That's a massive resort city. Real estate's expensive, 2.2 million average medium cost of a single family home, 2.2 million as of this year. Tourism is a central part of their economy. They have major resorts. They're the home of the U.S. Naval Air Station, and that's where Bud's, the SEALs prep schools held. Nobody's allowed to swim because of the E. coli contamination in the ocean. Like, you think we have problems with our lakes. Their ocean is so contaminated that there is no swimming allowed in the beach. And this is in a very expensive resort community. As of Labor Day weekend this year, while I was there, 12 miles of beaches along California were closed to any sort of water access. Some brave souls do get in the water. So why are these beaches polluted with E. coli? Because as much as you can control a lot of things at the border, you cannot control the direction of water flow. The entire city of Tijuana is located just south of San Diego. And while a lot of their wastewater is collected and distributed elsewhere, quite a bit ends up in the Tijuana River, which flows north. As the river flows north, it outlets into the Pacific Ocean. A Gulf Stream or the warm ocean currents bring water north, and that's how that wastewater ends up polluting San Diego, which is not that far from the border. Basically, major bypasses are ending up in that river all the time. There is, and this was fascinating to me, among this one, there's three wastewater treatment plants that the U.S. owns and operates that are actually international treatment plants. One of which is the South Bay International Wastewater Treatment Plants. This one is located just north of that border. This was authorized by Congress and agreed by both countries to build in around 1990. Completed in 97. Its sole purpose was to mitigate pollution coming from the city of Tijuana, including the Tijuana River. U.S. EPA paid for majority of the plant. Clearly, our interests lied in trying to help clean up this problem. The investment was due to the fact that because of its impact to San Diego and the sewage flow was causing closure for beaches and you know putting people at risk, that municipalities and governments from both countries wanted to see something fixed. So the initial cost in the 90s was $239 million, and they ended up adding secondary treatment later for an initial $18 million. And so... This plant was designed then and still currently treats 25 MGD and discharges through a four and a half mile 11 foot pipe to the Pacific Ocean. So this plant was created to help with the Tijuana pollution coming from their wastewater collection system. Again, completed in the 90s. Consists of some mechanically bar screens. Grid removal, primary clarification, they have activated sludge, secondary clarification, 
deep bed mono media filtration, EDR, UV disinfection. So basic, you know, what we're used to, wastewater plant. It's doing its job. It's designed to do what we expect from a wastewater treatment plant. Their solids are pumped further north to a different wastewater plant in San Diego for processing. In addition to, you know, just the regular domestic wastewater, they do have their own SIUs they contend with. Anywhere from meat and food manufacturing, metals processing, commercial laundry. They have pretreatment programs. They deal with a lot of those struggles with the infrastructure. So anytime the infrastructure fails, the water is being bypassed to the river. That's a pretty big hole in that pipe. So because obviously it's still today in this last year, they're still having issues. They've been having issues. In 2020, the U.S. and Mexico allocated money to double the capacity. The problems were that Tijuana has exploded in growth. The capacity doesn't keep up with what it could be used for. The Baja region has grown by more than a million since that plant was built. They wanted to push more untreated wastewater to this plant, and so they came up with a price tag for that. In 2022, from my understanding, is they got an engineering firm involved to do some preliminary design, recommendation cost estimates, you know, the whole phasing of what do we do next. And out of that, they found out that they need like over 150 million just to get the plant in shape for what it's doing now. There's no upgrade happening until 150 million in deferred maintenance is addressed. So that's got everybody really hot out there. So if you are in San Diego, you can read a lot of really good news stories about how everyone's infighting about these issues. And there's not a lot of good solution because obviously people don't want to invest in someone else's problem, but there you have it. I don't know what else you do. So it's a really interesting story. I don't have an aha moment yet, because that's all I know so far. So Tijuana's faulty system is causing the problems. Their residents also suffer these impacts. I mean, honestly, they're not just dumping it on us. They probably have zero to almost nothing for treatment anywhere in their communities. Their ocean beaches are polluted as well. So yeah, like I said, it was fascinating to learn. We have three international plants across the border. So that's something just interesting I never knew. So while I was at this conference, another big point of the conference is called Pure Water San Diego. I don't know if you guys pay attention to some of the drinking water crises. A lot is in the news about the Colorado River and its fight for who gets the water from Colorado River and the southwest U.S. San Diego imports 85% of its water supply, and most of that's coming from Colorado River. In the last 15 years, the cost to import that water from the river has tripled. And so they have come up with a goal to reach half of their water supply locally by 2035. This is a total need on behalf of the city. In 2004, the city, foreseeing this coming, started a massive plan to look at options for what this reliability of drinking water could look like. You see where I'm going with this one as well? Because this is a wastewater conference. Yeah. <laughs> Currently, 8% of wastewater in San Diego is recycled. But since 2011, they've been able to produce one MGD of recycled wastewater at a pilot site. And so that's over a decade they've been concepting this idea. They have taken 50,000 tests that have passed drinking water standards in that time. I don't know how many failed, they don't put that on their website. But 50,000 tests, they are very proud that they have spent a lot of time and have had a lot of really good success out of recycling wastewater and turning it into drinking water. So just a little bit, I mean, I found it fascinating the scope of some of their projects and what they're doing in order to combat this issue. I mean, I went to a presentation from the people that are in charge of this program, so it's pretty impressive to listen to, you know, how different their problems are compared to ours and how they have to come about it a completely different way. But they have 10 projects in process right now that are going to be able to produce 30 million gallons per day by 2025. So that's not that far from now, guys. Part of that is the reclamation plant. They need to get more wastewater to the plant, and they're going to upgrade and expand that. They're going to be building pump stations. 
pipelines, tunnels. They have major interstate infrastructure that you don't just close for moments bore through. Of these projects, we're talking a 32 MGB purification plant. Two ten and a half mile pipelines. One is 48 inch wastewater to pipe wastewater north, and another 30 inch to pipe brine wastewater back south to the plant. The facility is going to, like I said, produce 30 MGD through a five step purification process, which I will get into in a moment. They don't look like they go as deep as we do, so that looks a little bit easier to construct. That does not look like it's more than a couple of feet buried, so that is one benefit of some of these floor panes. They're upgrading the reclamation plant, like I said, because they're already doing some purification of wastewater to remove some contaminants. They have fully equalization basin needs, like I said, pipelines and tunnels, and they need biosolids improvements because they're obviously going to have a lot more biosolids coming to their process. Another process that after it's purified, which I'll get into the purification process, but after it's purified, it doesn't go to the distribution system. It's getting pumped into the reservoir. My guess is a lot of that has to do with the ick factor. Just blend it back in, sounds a lot cleaner. So yeah, we've got a 30 MGD pump station that's gonna take the purified water 8.4 miles to the reservoir. They're gonna dechlorinate it on the way there. And then they're dropping, and already have done this, a one mile pipeline into the bottom of the lake for distribution. So phase two, which there's not much about, is another 53 MGD of all of this by 2035, so in the next 10 years. The five-step purification process starts with ozonation. Ozonation is when you produce ozone and gas, you subject the oxygen molecules to high electrical voltages, you infuse that into the water where ozone is able to destroy microorganisms and break down contaminants. Then the ozone itself breaks down oxygen. So step one, ozonation. Step two, biological activated carbon filters. You're going to have granulars covered with bacteria. Imagine less filter, more like tripling filter, so more of a capture the bacteria and treating it with anaerobes. Consuming another 30 to 50% of the organic matter. Step three, membrane filtration. So canisters of membrane fibers. This is assumed to remove 99.99% of microscopic particles. The pores in these fibers are smaller than 1 300th diameter of human hair. So we're at step three, we're really getting down there in the size of the treatment process. RO is next. Step number four is reverse osmosis. Using high pressure to force water through membranes, another 99% of dissolved organics, including pharmaceuticals and personal care products are getting removed of this step. Then, UV disinfection. So now we're going to use the 72 UV bulbs to break down further viruses and microbes and advanced oxidation generators to <laughs> oxidize any final trace contaminants. So five steps and then dump into the reservoir. I'm assuming this water is probably getting pretty much cleaner than the reservoir by this point, but there you have it. That's the water that is meant there. 50,000 some federal drinking water requirements that they are now well on their way to making 30 MGD of to start drinking by 2025. The first phase, this phase one that I talked about, which is a lot of the piping, the tunneling, the upsizing, the plant itself, 1.5 billion for planning, design, and construction. So that's what they are spending essentially between three or four years. They literally say TBD on phase two. They don't know phase two costs yet. From my research, it looked like they did get some federal help in this, but they're taking out some massive SRF loans as well. So there's a lot of loan financing that's happening for these projects. Now, it's so expensive they can afford it. Yes, I heard that. They can't afford to not 
do it. So I did some conversions here. So the cost of importing water, like I think I said, tripled from 2000 to 2023, and is expected to double in the next 10 years. So I did some conversion to make this comparable to Waterloo, Iowa. Online Waterloo, Iowa says they make 1.4 MGD water a day on average. So I compared that to the acre feet that they're converting that. So if Waterloo, Iowa is looking at these prices, that's $14,000 per day for producing water in 2000. That's 52 grand in 2023. That is $105,000 a day in 2034. That is the prices they're looking at. They can't afford not to do this. With the import of water and what it requires for them just to serve their communities, they cannot afford to not do it. Piloting has demonstrated effectiveness. Construction is well underway. There's no going back. So the next time you go to San Diego, remember that when you drink the water. I have one more story out of San Diego. You start digging, you start finding more fun things. So their big wastewater treatment plant is called Point Loma Wastewater Treatment Plant. And the more I dug into the pure water, the more you found out about Point Loma because they're able to offset upgrading treatment plant needs because of what they're doing on the drinking water side. So they're using that to kind of bargain with the Fed. So this treatment plant along the bay, that was the beach that's closed. So now you've got a wastewater treatment plant north of the entire beach that's discharging in the ocean. That is the San Diego treatment plant. It's been open since the 60s. It treats about 175 MGD. It's got a double that capacity. It serves 2.2 million residents. It's considered advanced primary treatment. Advanced primary treatment. These are the keys. They call it a chemically enhanced primary treatment facility because all it has is screening and grit mills, chemical addition, and a sedimentation tank. That is all it does. That is it. After the sedimentation, a lot of odor scrubbers because where it is in the city. And that is it. They discharge it in what they call probably the longest and deepest effluent pipe in the state and in the US. It's 4.5 million off coast. 310 feet deep. So they essentially drop it out long and far away. And the analysis is that because of the temperature variations in the water, a lot of the solids just stay down there. They have nowhere to go. I mean, it's so cold that it just traps everything down deep so the wastewater really doesn't have much of an impact. They do do anaerobic digestion for solids reduction and methane production. They pump their sludge 17.5 miles to a centrifuge. The International Wastewater Plant pumps their sludge to this same sludge processing and the sludge generated by the purification center were all in the same place essentially so all the solids handled i mean i can't even fathom the, the miles of sludge pumping across a city i just that just boggles my mind how much maintenance there is there in, in those lines they have what is called an alternate discharge standards because scientific study has indicated this is quoted directly out of the epa in open coastal waters and well flush estuaries, oxygen depletion due to BOD from wastewater discharges is generally of no ecological concern. So, because of where it's going and how it's going there, it's not indicated any harm. They're only meeting 80% removal of TSS and 58% BOD. Isn't that insane? After what we just talked about, what they're doing with their drinking water, this is what they're doing with their wastewater. So, that was why it just blew my mind. But, but you know, this goes to show that the EPA totes a lot there, integrated planning. You know, you've got to do many things. Let's talk about a plan to do the right things first, or don't break yourself trying to fix problem B when problem A is more important, etc. This is exactly what they're doing. Because they're doing this pure water system, and they're essentially going to be capturing more and more of their wastewater, why fix the wastewater? So they have a plan in place with the EPA that says you're not hurting anything, in theory, 
you're drinking more of your wastewater, so you're going to be taking it out in the next 10 years anyway. We're diverting 1.8 billion in theoretical wastewater treatment expenditures to drinking water. So essentially, they are saving money there as well for their drinking water. It's estimated about 1.8 billion would be needed to upgrade this plant to meet current standards. So they're allowed to continue to have that 80% TSS removal rate, 58% DOD removal rate, and that's how they operate. It just, like I said, baffling. It's just a primary treatment plant. So yeah, like I said, enter Pure Water San Diego to save the day. As Pure Water is diverting more San Diego wastewater into the water supply, this will reduce the ocean discharges. Their modified permit basically says, you know, even as you divert this away, your loadings are always going to be decreasing. So it doesn't matter if, as the city grows, your loadings are decreasing. There's really nothing. You're not contributing any more wastewater to the ocean. So your loading is down. So you're allowed to keep doing this and producing 83 MGD of potable reused water by 2035. So it's allowed. So that was all I had. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for listening to Snyder & Associates podcast series, a civil engineering planning and design firm focused on thinking beyond engineering to improve the quality of life within the communities we serve. Find content related to this episode on snyder-associates.com.